Hello, welcome back to Jungle Confidential, the male's podcast and your place to hear all of the I'm a Celeb gossip. So, last night, after three weeks, it came to an end. As was predicted on here from day one, with Christopher Biggins, Jill Scott won. A much-deserving winner, she was funny, kind, a real team player and of course wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty. She narrowly beat her jungle bestie Owen Warner and of course the controversial Matt Hancock who came third in what was one of the most watched television programmes of the year. So today it seems fitting that I'm joined by I'm a Celeb's first ever winner, Tony Blackburn. Morning Tony. Good morning. So last night, what did you make of it? I mean, we were quite surprised to see Matt Hancock in the final three. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was surprising, yes. It it was a difficult one. I I thought it was a great series. I thought the people in it, all of them were good. And I didn't know who was going to be voted out or anything like that because they were all particularly good in it. So it was was great. Ant and Deckers always were brilliant on it. I thought they were very funny. Uh, Matt Hancock, of course, was the one that uh, everybody thought was going to do all the bush tucker trials and he was particularly good at them i mean i've never seen somebody being so quite so good at that he was amazing and it was a difficult one because i think people voted for him to do the trials to punish him for for what he was doing but when they saw he was so good they suddenly dropped him and, and he did come across very well and i think the people in there i thought they reacted to him very well as well i mean boy george had a little chat with him and i think chris moyle's found it a little tricky sometimes with him. But they didn't bully him. They, they had a sensible chat with him. And I think Boy George summed it up by saying there are two Matt Hancocks. There's the political one and the one that we know in here who's very likeable. Yeah, I mean, do you think that would have been easy to do? Obviously, as somebody that spent three weeks in that camp, do you think it would have been easy to split off somebody you, you are with 24-7 from all these things you've read and seen and heard? Of course, you know, people have got their own experiences of the repercussions of Matt Hancock's decisions. Do you think that would have been an easy thing to do? I'm not sure I'd be able to do that. No, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been easy at all. I mean, um, I think it was Boy George who said, I'm finding it very difficult to like you. But then afterwards, when he came out, he did say there were two sides to Matt Hancock. I found it difficult watching it because I mean, my sister died in the in, in the COVID and I wasn't able, because I abided by the rules, not to be with her. I wasn't able to help her at all. I just saw her last time on a video link. So for me, it was very, very difficult to watch that. I, I'm sorry to hear about your sister. I, I had no idea. Have you forgiven Matt Hancock? I don't think anybody who's lost uh, somebody as close as I had with my sister I can't forgive anybody. I can't forgive somebody who didn't abide by their own rules. I can't forgive all the parties that went on because it wasn't fair. It was, you know, they set the rules. I abided by the rules as most of us did. And to see people not abide by them is very difficult. If you make rules, you've got to abide by them. I don't dislike Matt Hancock at all. I think he did very well on the programme. But uh, forgiveness is, is quite a difficult thing to do when you've had somebody in your family that you've lost. And you've abided by the rules and you weren't able to be there. The last time I saw my sister was on a video link and she had an oxygen mask over her face and then she passed away. So, you know, I I can't forget that. Do you feel that Matt Hancock overshadowed 
the show. You know, we had some great characters on there, didn't we? Of course, the winner, Jill, who was just incredible. We'll talk about her shortly. Do you feel like having Hancock on there did kind of put everyone else into the background a little bit? I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, I think uh, in the initial time, it was an amazing amount of publicity and we were all watching, uh, you know, Matt Hancock in there. But the others were such good personalities. I mean, I loved Sean Walsh. I thought as a comedian, I thought he was very, very funny on there. Jill Scott, I'm glad she won it because she had a great sense of humour. But I thought Boy George and all the rest of them, they contributed remarkably well. And it was a tough one to be in, you know, because they were all very, very good. And it was a great series. So I don't think he overshadowed them. But he bought an amazing amount of publicity to the programme. So I think it probably attracted a lot of people who probably had never watched it before. So I think from that point of view, I think ITV did a marvellous job. You know, the 400000 or whatever they paid him, it was... It was good investment. It was money well spent, wasn't it? it? Was. I mean, I think they got 12 million votes last night, which is huge, isn't it? And we're still awaiting the ratings from last mm. night. But I suspect it will be one of the most watched television shows of the year. So Jill won. I was so delighted to see that Jill had won. She was really deserving. What was it about Jill that you think the public loved? I thought Jill Scott was great. She had a great sense of humour. She did all that she was supposed to do with the trials. And of course, she is a team player, as she said. And so she was very good with people. So I thought she was a really, really good winner. John really didn't know in the series who was going to win it. Um, I didn't think Matt Hancock would win it. I thought he would. I didn't realise he'd go quite as far as he did. I don't think he did either. I thought. I don't think he thought he no, would go I don't as far. <laughs> but you know, people were voting for him, and people were outraged that he was there in the top three. But come on, he was voted for, mm. and mm. he did very, very well in there. So you can't blame people him being there. And he's, I mean, he's obviously, I don't know, he must have given up on a political career. And he's, I mean, he's not the only politician who's been there. I mean, remember George Galloway going around like a cat in Big Brother. Well, of course, Nadine Dorries was on I'm a Celebrity too, wasn't she? I mean, it's a bit, it's quite a well-trodden path, isn't it? And I think we do see another side of a politician, don't we, when they go on television? I mean, that's a, a real debate, isn't it? Again, something that people are very passionate about. Well, they're ordinary people like, like you and I. I mean, it's just their job. We see so much of them on television going on and not answering the questions they're asked. I mean, so that from that point of view, we do see another side to them. We see that they are human beings like the rest of us. They make mistakes and we make mistakes. So, uh, but we see a lot of them on TV. Yeah, no, in, indeed. Now, obviously, you won. Yeah. You were the first ever winner. You had absolutely no idea what to expect, did you, when you went on that programme? No. Obviously, they do now, don't because we've seen 20 series of it. How will Jill be feeling this morning? I think she'd be absolutely thrilled about it. You know, I mean, it's a great achievement. It's a tough show to do. I mean, when I went in, we didn't know that we were going to do the Bush Tucker trials. I don't think anybody told us about it. And I remember the first person to do a Bush Tucker trial was Tara Palmer Tomkinson. And she went out. And we thought we were just going to be sitting around the fire talking. Uh, she went out and she came back and she said, I don't understand it. They threw a lot of bugs all over me. And we said, well, they must have made a mistake. And we didn't realise. Nobody had told us about it. And so on the first one, we didn't know. Now, of course, you know what's going to happen. So you, you, you go into it knowing what to expect. But I think Jill will be absolutely thrilled. I mean, she's achieved something wonderful there. And um, uh, because it is a tough programme, it's the toughest programme to do. And uh, I wouldn't like to do some of those trials anymore that they're doing, I mean, I think they're horrendous. So they all did very, very well. I mean, I think my dear friend, Chris Moyles, he was the only one that 
only bought one star back. But I mean, what he was asked to do was was pretty horrible as well. So what was I'm a Celebrity sold to you as then? Because if you didn't know about the Bush Tucker trials and nobody told you about them, what what what, what did you think you were going to do? Sit around a campfire? Well, my agent rang me up and said, how would you like to go into the jungle and survive for a couple of weeks? And I thought he was joking. So I said, oh, I'd love that. It sounds great. And about three weeks later, he rang me up and said, ITV would like to see you. And I said, what about? He said, well, about the jungle program. And I said, God, I thought you were joking. So anyhow, I went along there and they said, you know, do you like outdoor life? And I said, well, not particularly. I've never done any sort of camping or anything like that. And I said, I'm a vegetarian. So they said, well, what would you eat in the jungle? I said, well, I have not really thought about it. And I said something stupid like, well, there's this grass there. You can survive on something. And I said, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since the age of four. And I said, I couldn't hurt or harm an animal. And I, I couldn't eat an animal. And I was 60 years old at the time. And uh, they said, well, why are you here? I said, well, you asked to see me. And so that was it. And then about a week later, my agent rang up and said, they want you to do the show. My wife tried to talk me out of it. and said, I don't think you'd be very good at that because you prefer to stay in a nice hotel and not in a jungle. And But I said to my, my wife and my mom, mother, who at the time tried to talk me out of it as well, I said, you know, these opportunities come along once in life and I couldn't bear to watch the programme and love it and think I could have been a part of that. So I said, I'm going to do it. And uh, when I came out, they all congratulated me and said, well, we knew you'd be good at it. (laughs) 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 But I, but I I did love doing it. I mean, it was a great experience and um, every moment of it, I liked it. Changed me as a person. How did it change you? How, how so? It made me more confident with people. I I mean, I, I actually, funnily enough, I don't like parties and I don't like that. I'm, I'm quite alone of myself. I like my family and my, my close friends and that's it. And, but being in there with people that you don't know, you've got to try and get on with people. The jungle itself or the rainforest is beautiful and the quietness of it. And I was with Nell McAndrew and sitting by the side of a, a stream talking to Nell McAndrew for hours on end was really, really delightful. When I came out, I felt at peace with myself. I felt very, very peaceful. And a dear old man came over when I was filling up my car at Brent Cross. And he came over and, and he had the walking sticks. And he came over and he put his arms around me and he said, you have done our generation a lot of good. And I got really tearful. And I thought, that's so sweet, you know, because all these people had voted for me. And um, I, was, I didn't expect them to, you know. Aww. So it was a terrific experience. And, um, you know, I'll always be grateful for the public who voted for me. Well, they loved you, didn't they? Um, one problem we've had, we'll say problem, maybe it isn't people, people have got their own views on this. There weren't very many women this year and they all went out very quickly. Now, your year, there were some quite formidable women, as you mentioned, Nell. Yes. There was obviously Tara. Yes. God bless her. And Christine Hamilton. You know, there were some real strong women, weren't there? I mean, why do you think that, they're, you know, 21, 20, 21 years on, it wasn't like that this year so much, was it? They, 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 the public didn't want them. I don't know. I've got no idea. And I thought they were very good. I mean, mm. I thought they were really, really good. Uh, all of them. In fact, I thought all of them were good in there. There wasn't one weak link. I, I thought they were all great. I can't understand why they were voted out. I mean, I'm a great Coronation Street fan, so I was sorry to see uh, Sue uh, Cleaver suddenly uh, out there because I thought she was very good. I thought they were all All of them did did their part. I think it was just that 
it was difficult to vote somebody out. And it just happened to be the women went out. I don't know why. But on the other hand, a woman won it in the end. That's very true. So it wasn't anything, I don't think anything against women or anything like that. But I think it was a very strong team in there. I think it was probably one of the best ones ever, if not the best one. I mean, the one that, the one that I did, it was the most argumentative one. Nobody got on well in, in there. Even before we went in and we all met up in the hotel, they were all arguing. It was unbelievable. So you all met before you went in. So you knew each other were going to... Because, because now they've seemed to have changed that, or have they? Or are they kidding us? Well, I don't know. We, before we went in, we were shown different snakes and things like that, and one is to avoid in the jungle. I think it was really to put the fear of God into this. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, um, the, the person taking it said, if you see that snake, get away from it because that can kill you. And, and things like that. And we hadn't thought about that. Now, I don't think there's anything in there that will kill you. I mean, you are in the middle of a, um, a rainforest. And I, I remember one evening, a, a snake, quite a dangerous one, did get into the camp. And they quickly got it out because there are people there to make sure they don't kill you. And um, so they quickly got out. But you are in the middle of a jungle. I mean, it's, it's totally what you see on the screen. Some people said to me, oh, come on off. You've done the, the day. You go out and have a pizza or something like that. But it's not like that at all. It's very tough. And what you see there is totally genuine. You know, I was bitten by a snake while I was in there. But it was only a little snake. And it, it, it was like, it's not, it's not pleasant to have an animal going for you. But it, it wouldn't kill you. And even if you did have something that went wrong, they've got a lot of medical people there as well uh, with all the vaccines that you need. So you're aware that they're not trying to kill you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so, so you said that you all argued, which which you did. In fact, Christine Hamilton was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about her, her fury at Tara being given cigarettes. This year, they've. I mean, of course, there was Matt Hancock going in there, which caused a little bit of um, unease. But... For a few years now, the campmates have got on, haven't they? There hasn't been that sort of two-faced television. I mean, do you think that that's been done on purpose or do you think that that's just how it is, how things have changed? I think probably people have seen the show and the celebrities that go in are aware that you can kill a career very quickly on a show like that if you come across badly. So I think they are more aware of it. I think on the one that I did, which was the first one, I think some people... Forgot. You can't see the cameras when you're in there. It, on ours, they interviewed you, but they had to ask to interview you if you were out of the camp. So I think some people lost sight of the fact that it was a TV show. I didn't, actually. I realised that you know it was a television show, and after a couple of weeks or three weeks, you've got to come out. I had a little daughter who was four years old, and I had to pick her up from the nursery, and I didn't want to let myself down on the programme. A lot of them were swearing and you know getting involved in very heated arguments, and I tried to stay out of that. And I did become like a Henry Kissinger of the jungle, I think, really. I was um, the oldest there, and I, you know, I, I tried to settle disputes. And then one, you know, was settled, then another one broke out. It was all hell in there. But it was interesting. But and nobody got on very well. But I think people I've noticed, they are getting on well. And in this one, there were a lot of people with big characters in there. But... I mean, you don't know. It was. I mean, the show is edited, so we didn't see any arguments. There might have been some. We don't know. But they did seem to all get on and like one another. And I think that's nice. On the one that we did, when, when the arguing broke out, and there was a lot of it, I mean, there really was a lot of arguing. I know after I went out there, the producer said they started rolling the things, and everybody started arguing, and they thought, oh, great, this is TV gold. <laughs> <laughs> so they liked it. But most of them have been, they get on well. And this one, 
particularly, they got on very well. And it's nice to see that. Yeah, I thought it was nice. So where are the cameras? Where I'd love to know where the cameras are. Can you tell us? Well, I don't know where they are because I didn't see them, but I, you could hear sometimes when they did a changeover in the shift, the cameramen, hmm. you could hear them behind the bushes and things like that. <laughs> and they had little cameras as well. We didn't know where, we, we spotted one or two of them. But they, you don't see the cameras when you're in there, so you're not aware it's a TV show. When you, I mean, you're on camera the whole time, 24-7. Even if you get up in the middle of the night to go to the loo, suddenly the lights go up. And they're, they're filming you going to the dummy, they call it, don't they? And um, so you're, you're, you're on 24-7 on the cameras, but you don't see them. Sometimes you just hear the cameramen shuffling around at the back. So Jill Scott, obviously, she's one. What, what has she got to look forward to now? I don't know. I mean, it's slightly different now. I think she, if she wants to change a career or something, she might get a few commercials and things like that. I think she'll probably be seen on Loose Women and programmes like that, obviously, and be interviewed for a week or so. When I did it on the first one, the publicity went on forever. Now, I think there are so many reality shows, it doesn't register quite as strongly as it used to. And so after about two or three weeks, people even forget who's won it. It doesn't go on because another reality show comes on. I mean, we're going to have Big Brother all over again. So that's going to start up. We've got Strictly Come Dancing at the moment. That's still on. So this series is finished. Jill Scott, everybody knows at the moment. And uh, I think she's made quite an impact on there. I don't know what she wants to do. I mean, she's a footballer. I'm not aware she's a broadcaster. I mean, Ed Balls, for instance, went on Strictly Come Dancing. And now he's on Good Morning Britain. And so he changed his career. He has done very well, hasn't he? I think, again, we've seen another side of him, haven't we? Christopher Biggins came on. In fact, he did the first ever one of these podcasts. He said he made a million pounds the year after he won. Now, did you have anything quite as lucrative as that? No, no, I didn't. I mean, I, I went on there because I wanted to do the show because it interested me. I didn't want to change my career. I was quite happy doing what I was doing. I mean, until I read in the press that I'd gone in there to rescue my career, I thought I was doing all right. I mean, I was on the radio six days a week and I didn't go on there to change what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm a disc jockey and do bits of television and stuff. And, and that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to change anything. I did change the radio stations I was on. I was offered a station that I wanted to be on. But apart from that, nothing, no. I did a commercial, but I certainly didn't earn a million pounds out of it. In fact, on the first one, we were all paid exactly the same. Do we know what that was? Are you allowed to say what that was? I'd probably rather not, but it was under 20,000. Really? So then yes. you've got, I mean, I, I think it's pretty much confirmed that Boy George was paid half a million pounds, which is insane. And, That's a lot. you know, the, the viewing figures are around about the same. Huge money, yeah. We, no, we weren't, we weren't paid that. It was the first one. We were all paid exactly the same amount of money, which I was glad about. You know, that was good. And we weren't paid, you know, half a million pounds, things like that, which we had been, but we weren't. But, you know, it's it, money isn't everything. It was a great thing to do. The show was great uh, to be a part of. You know, I mean, to have won it, it was fabulous. You know, I, I really, you know, I was really happy after that. And what great memories you must have of it. Thank you so much for joining me, Tony. And yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself <laughs> now it's finished. <laughs> well, you ought to do it next year. Today is our final podcast and I'm joined by Toby Anstis from the class of 2006. A long time ago, Toby. It's a long time ago. Thanks for coming. It's all right. Um, Thank you. So you watched last night. What did you make of the winner? Yeah, we all wanted Jill. 
I mean, I think she was uh, a favourite right from the start. And, you know, from the very first moment, she was just so sort of nice and, and friendly and natural. And she just stayed herself all the way through. I mean, she was just a beautiful... And she was quite witty as well. Yeah, she was funny, wasn't she? I think that first episode when she walked out onto that plank and Bubba Tunde couldn't do it yeah, and Charlene was hanging and, and she was just this real team player, wasn't she? Really sort of supportive and, you know, just the kind of person you want in your team. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you get a feeling that, you know, she was just an integral player for the Lionesses. She's an absolute football hero and she kind of, that all extended onto I'm a Celebrity, excuse the pun, with that first challenge yeah. to walk the plank. <laughs> but no, she was, real team player, really, really supportive, wasn't annoyed at all because you might have got other people having a right old scream at Baba Tunde, not for, for not, you know, walking, although he was brilliant. But no, she was an absolute gem in there. I mean, who realised she had a tongue like that? <laughs> Jill, the li- lizard Scott. I mean, that was one hell of a tug. She had <laughs> yes, getting those stars off in I the know, challenge last night. She was amazing, wow, wasn't she? She was incredible. She was incredible. I mean, I think they were all quite incredible last night, weren't they, with their tasks? I mean, so, so Owen, Owen was my, I, I wanted Jill to win, but Owen was yeah. my little favourite. He was so cute, wasn't yeah. he? I think all the women fell for Owen. What's that six pack? A six pack. You're all so fickle, yeah. honestly. You get a guy with a good <laughs> body in that shower, you're all over him. <laughs> On your app, voting every night. No, he said he came across as a, a lovely guy. I didn't know much about it. I'm not, I don't no. watch Hollyoaks. No. And that's the thing, isn't it, with I'm a Celebrity? Quite often you don't really know who some of the people are. They might have a really good career, but you might not have watched them on things. And he was one of those people. And I think he deserved to be in the final three. I had him in there pretty much from the first yeah. couple of days. I thought I, I did. he's just really natural and really funny and doesn't know it. No, he doesn't he, know you it, know, does he? He <laughs> might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but it doesn't matter. He's just a really nice, decent guy. So he did I well. I think Sue Cleaver had him on the first episode, didn't she? Where she said, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And there were so many Owen moments. I think my favourite one was when Mike Tyndall told him that he met his wife, Zara, in Australia. Yeah. And Owen said, oh, is she Australian? Yeah. <laughs> not realising for one second she's part of the British royal family. So he's been an absolute star in there. Yeah, he has. I think he'll do really well off this yeah no I do too. I hadn't heard of him um, it's mm. interesting isn't it what you say about people not necessarily knowing about somebody but they go in the jungle and my mum a few years ago said the same about Vicky Pattinson she had no yeah. idea who Vicky Pattinson was from Geordie Shore my mum wouldn't even know what Geordie Shore is but she really liked her by yeah, the end she really wanted, really wanted her. you know she was a great queen of the jungle I mean I thought he could have almost snatched it I'd love to know what the voting was I can imagine it was quite close you sort of felt from the start of last night that Matt was going to come third it just seemed like a natural, you know, I don't even, I just thought, yeah, I don't, I don't actually think he's going to win this now. But I thought Jill, absolutely brilliant. But you know, you are right. I mean, I think, yeah, Vicky was one. Owen's won this year that she might not have known too much about him. But now you do. I didn't actually know much about Jill Scott, to be honest. Well, I did because I followed the Lioness's journey. But Georgia Toffolo, of course, was another one yeah. that we did. And Scarlett Moffat. You know, I don't think many people really Scarlett knew Moffat. her no, at they the didn't. time. No, they didn't. I mean, to be fair, you know, if you didn't watch Gogglebox, you might not know Baba Tunde. No. But I think he was outstanding I was really gutted he didn't go further I had him down as a potential king because I thought you know all those early chit chats with Matt Hancock when he's going hey you you, are, you grabbed a booty you know whatever he was saying I absolutely brilliant one of those early chats he was one of the first people to confront Matt about that in quite a funny way and also he gave Matt a bit of a chance to say look you know we don't agree necessarily what he did during lockdown and blah 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 but he's just a normal guy I think maybe he could have perhaps had Matt's... Well, he, he couldn't, could he, because he went out earlier, but he perhaps should have had that third slot in the final three. Yeah. But but last night, so so we saw Matt 
go out first. Mm. Now, if he seemed like a fair result, didn't it, that yes. he was the first to go, I think it would have been a little bit unfair if he'd, if he'd got the first or second position. But he's, I mean, he's brought something to that show. I haven't heard the ratings yet, but I imagine it will be one of the most watched television shows this year. Absolutely, even more than Strictly. Yeah, I mean, it's getting more than strictly. Absolutely. Well, I think Matt has been a constant talking point. I mean, what a genius. I'd love to know whoever booked him is going to run ITV, aren't they? Unless it was him that put himself up for it. Who knows? And and then somebody at ITV got a call and they go, my God, Matt, listen, Matt Hancock wants to do The Jungle. Really? No way. Best book. I mean, you know, to come back to Australia after two years in Wales, which was fine, but I I just didn't feel it didn't feel the same watching it. I'm afraid back in Australia with that lineup, really good mix of people. But to get Matt Hancock, you know, the kind of villain of the hour during lockdown, who's then, you know, almost from I wouldn't say zero to hero, but enough people of those 12 million people were voting for him on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, you think that was it to begin with? We all thought, yeah, everyone's going to vote for him to do all the trials, to get stuck with rats and eat camel's penises and all the rest of it. We'll put him through as much hardship as we can. But then after that, they kept voting him to be on there. Well, I mean, he, he, they got bored, didn't they? Because, of course, people vote to put the people they don't like into the British Tucker trials, don't they? Yeah. I, mean, I think but- we had Katie Price when she went back one year and she just got completely annihilated and and she was great telly because she hated it. Mm. So they kept voting more. They got to a point, didn't they, with Matt where they're like, oh, oh, he can do it. Oh, so we're going to stop voting for you? No, but he did keep getting votes, didn't he? He did, he did. For a few days after that. And he smashed them, didn't he? And then they stopped. It It was the year year I did it, Jan Leeming, because she squirmed so loudly like a baby at the first trial. I think she did the first six in a row. There's always one, if they get, if the public, they are evil. But when they want to see somebody squirm, they'll they'll make that happen. They can facilitate that. It's classic, it's a great, that's why the show is so brilliant, you know. And Jan Leeming, yeah, she did sit. And it was annoying for all of us because you sit there so bored and hungry. You want to do something. She's got 24 hours of nothing going on. So if you get to do a trial or a challenge, at least that takes, it breaks the day up. But when you just see the same person after the first two or three, when the same person gets it, it gets really annoying. You can see, you know, when the adult would go in and say, and Matt, it could be, it's you. <laughs> and, you, know, you and, and after two or three, to see them, not being so relieved that they hadn't been voted, the other celebrities, because you want to get voted to do mm, something. Mm, mm. So Matt Hancock, as you said, was is a real talking point, isn't it? I mean, is I mean, isn't it surprising how many people he's won over? Well, yeah, I'm, it's a really interesting one because the longer he was in there, you kind of and it felt odd saying because I was talking about it on the radio quite a bit, but you started to kind of warm to him a little bit, and you almost felt bad about doing that because of what we all went through on the pandemic and some of which he facilitated. But I don't think, he, as some of the celebs in there were saying, he, he's just, he is a human being. I don't think he's a malevolent, horrible, vindictive person. Everybody's infallible. He made a couple of huge mistakes and errors, which, you know, he kind of wants forgiveness for and almost got to saying sorry in the jungle, but he never quite said sorry, which I think would have been... If he could just have said that. I think there, there's, a, there's an inquiry coming up, isn't there? So I guess maybe he, he had to he, be a little bit careful. He had to be a bit careful. Right, there. fair enough. But yes, and it, who knows what will come of that. But, you know, he just came across as a normal guy who gave it everything. You know, he kept the camp in food because he did so well on the bush. Chakra. He like completely fearless. I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite so fearless. And who'd have thought two months ago we'd seen Matt Hancock doing all that. So he's won people over. Some people have short memories and some people won't actually 
be as acidic towards him or feel quite as bad about him as other people. There'll be some that went through hardships that will always blame him for not seeing their relatives. I was one of those people. And I couldn't go to see my aunt and, uh, and she ended up passing away. How do you feel towards Matt Hancock? I don't feel, I, well, I don't feel venomous. I never did. I thought, I sort of felt that nobody was very happy when he was caught on CCTV in a clinch with his now girlfriend well, who went out to the we jungle when we couldn't clinch. meet anybody on lockdown. <laughs> no. But, you know, no. but I did, but I, I, I don't feel aggressively bad towards him. He made a massive error judgment, but it's still, I just don't feel the same fire as some people do. And everybody's got their own reasons to feel however they want about Matt Hancock. But I don't, you know, I feel a little bit um, sensitive towards any sort of person who's under so much heat and scrutiny. And then is brave enough to go into the jungle. You've got to be you've got to screwed to go and do that. To think after all that, do you actually realise how people might feel about you? So I'm going to go on the biggest show on high TV, you know, in the jungle. See how you all like me. And yeah, then, you know, he, he, did, he really did, didn't he? I mean, well. do you feel that people have forgotten in all of this, in all of this sort of entertainment that he's left a constituency behind? Well, in, unless you're a constituent, yes, you may well. I mean, if you, if you live in his constituency and uh, at this time as well, when people are, are struggling on all sorts of levels and your MP isn't there to, to, to complain to or to chat to or to get some kind of, you know, to be there in the House of Commons to, to vote on things that might affect you as a constituent, etc. Then, yeah, I can understand you'd be pretty bloody frustrated and angry. And they are. I, I do get that because you see him getting paid whatever he got paid, mucking around in the jungle as if nothing happened. I think if you put the whole, the, the mistakes he made during lockdown, if you put that controversy aside, yeah, as a, as, a, as a member of Parliament, I don't know what on earth, I don't know how he was allowed to go in there. Be very interesting to see you know, if he walks down the street or walks around the supermarket, I wonder how the public react to him. Once he gets back and he's not in that bubble of being on I'm a Celebrity, it'd be very interesting to see whether they get that kind of very sort of anti-Hancock vibe back or whether they go, oh, hey, mate, nice one in the jungle. Do you know, it'd be really interesting. I should think he could walk around his local supermarket in his constituency, you know, so and survive that. Although, you know, you told me about your own listeners um, who seem to quite like him. Um, in fact, they told you off, didn't they? Uh, I mean, I'm, obviously, it's been such a talking point. You can't not talk about it. So I've been talking about Heart Dance Breakfast every morning since it's been on. And um, I made some comment a few mornings ago. It wasn't a horrible thing about Matt. It was something like, God, who's who's voting him in? Um, and somebody said, you know, Toby, you know, I really enjoy your show, but can you just not make such bullying comments about Matt Hancock? You know, I don't switch on for that. I'm like, that wasn't a bullying. That was not a bullying thing. As somebody who's really defending him, I just made the joke, like, who, right, come on, who's voting for him? You know, because it got to a point where everybody was saying that, but there must have been millions going on the app and voting him. So I, uh, yeah, so there are people out there that are, that are very defensive of him. Well, I think, I, think, I think there's probably going to be more people saying, yay, well done, mate, well done in the reckon? jungle. I think so. I think he's going to have a very... Um... Well, you heard about the next, you've heard about his next gig, potentially. So this is only what, what I'm hearing. I'm going to put it out there. Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> it's karaoke. karaoke or dancing? No, judging. Oh, no. There's a free seat. There isn't. There's a free seat. <laughs> well, Williams has left. Well, well. Would I that not you, be? As a, if well, they put guest judges on, would that not? And he's now in with ITV. They love him. He's a ratings winner for ITV, isn't well, he? just for the first well, week Well, did back. you hear this? I haven't heard well, this. Well, I just heard it, you know. <laughs> 
I mean, ITV absolutely love him. And actually, my next question was going well, to be about that. Of course they do, after the ratings. People I talked to there were absolutely over the moon. They're ecstatic at this. So there you go. Britain's As somebody got that's been in the shapers industry for a long time, look, Matt Hancock's made no bones about the fact he wants to go back to politics. We don't know if he's going to be able to. Um, certainly, there's scope for him to be a full-on celebrity. <laughs> well, he kind of is that, isn't he? Um, you have to be careful because the word, if you look at technically, celebrity means you know, you're celebrated for something. And I'm not sure how many people would like to say, yes, you're celebrated for what you did on lockdown. Well, he's now going but, to be celebrated for what he did on I'm a Celebrity, though, isn't he? Well, he will, well it'll be, uh, you know, some people will, will go, well done, mate. You, you got in there. You gave everything. You weren't horrible. You were actually quite nice to people. You, had, you were fairly, you were quite open as well. You did talk about stuff. You know, those sticking points. You know, you did actually open up a little bit and let people come in and have their, you know, have a go at you whether you're Boy George or Scarlett Douglas, whoever you were that tried to kind of get stuff out of him about that. But he's still cracked on. I mean, he's obviously got quite a hard shell. I guess politicians need it. You know, so he went in there, you know, where you're under constant scrutiny, you're exposed. It's like, you know, you're naked in there. Not literally, thank God. Um, oh, I don't know. He's quite buff. <laughs> he's, what, Matt Hancock? You heard it here first. You haven't, re- you haven't read my piece, have you? I'll show it to you afterwards. Right, okay. You think he's buff? He's really handsome. I met him and I found him. Is he's he my nice, guilty pleasure. Is yeah, he a nice guy? he's really good company. You'd love him. You'd really, really love him. Well, I think he did. He, I think he. I'm not. A, I, I think he did well in that, and he got all the stars for camp. And he generously. It kind of felt like he he really was a team player, didn't it? It felt like he wasn't going in there to go look look what I've done. It was always about keeping the camp from being hungry. And he went and did. He did. He did every smash, every flipping trial. When, when a celebrity comes back, when a contestant comes back with all the stars, yeah. or they don't, how do you feel towards that person? I mean, then you must, if you're really hungry. Well, now here's the thing. When I, I don't know if it's the same now, but when I did it, the more stars somebody got, the more food you got, but the food was horrible. And the less stars you got, the food was better, but you got less of it. Wow, we, so, we're not told that. That's really interesting. Well, I th- yeah, that's what I found. And so I progressively, you, you know, somebody would come back and of course you'd be like, oh, well done, Matt, or, you know, whoever it was, when, you know, David or Mylene, you did really, really well. You brought back nine or 10 stars, but then they just chuck you a basket full of crap, you know, <laughs> and it really wasn't. There was one, I remember, because my year, Jason Donovan, bless him, decided he was going to be the chef. And I don't know what experience he's got. I mean, Yes, he's lived in Australia, but not in the outback. I mean, I don't know <laughs> it how doesn't much make him a good he's, chef, though. It doesn't make him a good chef. Um, and it didn't make him a good chef. But bless him, I love Jay. But somebody got nine or ten stars and we got a crocodile tail. Three or four of us had to spend hours taking this crocodile skin. As you can imagine, it's really, really tough. It's not like peeling a tangerine. You've got to cut this stuff. It takes forever. And underneath that skin, you just get left with like a ball of this horrible white bizarre looking meat which we just boiled we we had no the people that get really lucky the ones that luck out in Ibis celebrity the ones that get a tv chef like anti royal thompson that year because well, gino de campo they can make rice beans and a bit of crocodile tail taste pretty nice i'd imagine but when you got jason Don, you know jay bless him <laughs> he's not a chef so we sat there so we got this crocodile tail, and we were it it, it, it was big but the meat that we got from it was disgusting. And I remember I couldn't eat any of that. And that was the main part of that meal. And that was probably four or five days in when you really start to feel a little bit. Well, for me, I was getting really hungry. And, you know, and when you get hungry in there, you withdraw from all the activity and you don't really get involved in anything. It's it does. It's not the greatest experience. But, um, yeah, we 
the more stars, the worse the feed is, in my wow, experience. Wow, you wouldn't expect, you wouldn't think that, would you? Yeah. Now, you raised Mylene Class. Yes. Now, Mylene, obviously, bikini. I mean, Mylene in her white bikini. Yeah. The only white bikini we've seen so far is Matt Hancock's girlfriend, yeah. Gina, who at the weekend was pictured on the beach wearing yes. a, a, a very... Uh, attractive woman, yes. He's done well, hasn't he? He's, he's punching. <laughs> now, last night we saw an embrace on the bridge Ooh. when Matt came out. Yes. Um, it was pretty similar to the clinch that we saw from the CCTV in his office that time. <laughs> it was doing compa- the rounds on Twitter. You've been comparing that, is it? I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you miss your loved ones that much when you're in there? Is it, is it tough? I mean, he, I mean, he spoke a few times, didn't he, saying, you know, the only good thing about being evicted would be that I could see my girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, is it something that's on your mind? Yes, it is. I mean, you know... You start going mad in there, you know, the more hungry you get. You don't know physiologically how that's going to affect you. You know, you see, a, you see a psychologist before you go. Every celebrity has to see a psychologist just so they can check out that you, you, you'll be okay in there. I've, I, you do, you miss everything. And the more, you know, and the, and the more hungry you get, just the worse it gets. And um, so my year, I, I was really missing my girlfriend. And uh, I think that starts to really weigh on your mind quite a lot. And I'd, we'd had a, actually the year I went in because we we kind of split up and they sort of got back together. So I had all these kind of thoughts going on and regret and all sorts of things going on and guilt. And then when I saw her, it was just it was a it was a lovely thing. It is kind of oh you know you get to it's you're back with your loved one and after big because you are in there with people. Certainly my year, I felt you know that, that none of those people I wouldn't I wouldn't mix socially with any of them you know if I had to cho- you know they just weren't necessarily people that you would choose to mix with no. well, you, however, you however much or however little you know them and that's the whole point of sticking a mix of celebrities in a big melting pot because if they get it right you're going to get lots of tensions and storylines coming out of it but you know I, when you are there were these moments I'd have when it's sort of boiling hot in the middle of the day and you just have this sort of out-of-body experiences where you're kind of thinking, oh, my God, am I really doing this? And you're looking from up here at you in the jungle with these people you've never met, you know. And my year, there were a couple of quite sort of bitchy people in there. It wasn't... Who were the bitchy people? It wasn't very comfortable. Well, there were people in there that were quite really... You know, and, but you don't always see a lot of that stuff. You don't see the struggles that you go, you know... They obviously edit 24 hours into one hour, of course. Well, not even an hour. It's like, well, yeah. With ad breaks, now, 45 with that, Well, yeah, with all those ad breaks that we happen to go through now. Yeah. Yes, indeed. But it is, though, you do miss your, you know, you can see that sort of elation on people's faces when they get across that bridge and, you know, see your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your wife, your husband or whatever. Well, we're going to be seeing a lot more from Matt Hancock, aren't we? He's got a book out Ooh. and he's got his dyslexia bill being read out next week, I think, in Parliament. So see, well, people are a little bit annoyed that he didn't make so much of this dyslexia. He didn't well, talk about the that. Problem the problem is, job. as we just said, you're edited, aren't you? He might have spoken about it for 23 hours a day, yeah. but but, yeah. but ITV obviously thought that was all a bit boring. Well, it'll be in the book. <laughs> it will definitely be in the book. Well, I should be buying it because I think it's going to be fascinating. You love Matt Hancock, don't I you? I do love Matt Hancock, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Toby, Pleasure. for joining me. It's, it's right. been great to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for listening. That was the final episode of Jungle Confidential. Hopefully see you next year. 